When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Our theme is there, there's no perfect time to start following your dreams. Because I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Minds inspire you to accomplish your goals and live your very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and really start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose of gift. If you have a gift, leave with your gift. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning your dreams. My guest today is George Lambert. He's the president and CEO of Greater Washington Urban League. The league is on a mission to increase the economic and political power historically disenfranchised and excluded blacks. He's on the show to talk about that as well as an amazing event that's happening. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, George Lambert. How you doing, George? I am doing good. Thank you so much. Delighted to, uh, to be a conversation of the day. Well, you know, first of all, I always tell when I was heard the word Urban League and a lot of people, you know, you, you hear about the NAACP, you hear about a lot of organizations. Like, what exactly is the Urban League? Uh, we are a civil rights social service organization, been around since uh, 1910. Certainly, if you mentioned the NAACP, I've had a number of partnerships with the NAACP over the years. Uh, they preceded us in terms of the work that we do. They uh, certainly came on the forefront in 1909, but we do a a lot of work and collaboration together. We have um, 92 Urban League affiliates around the country. We have um, certainly five pillars that we all operate from in terms of supporting the communities that we're in. And in Washington, D.C., our footprint is uh, Washington, D.C., Prince George's County, Maryland, and Montgomery County, Maryland. Wow. You know, they've nicknamed oftentimes, you've heard the name, Chocolate City. D.C., that whole area. But uh, it's, it's now Cappuccino City. 
<laughs> now, why you say that, George? Why you say that? Is it the, dem- the demographics have changed and the landscape has shifted? I'll leave it there. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. It's not shocking. I grew up in Fifth Ward, which is in Houston, Texas, all predominantly black neighborhood. I would have to say 99.9% of that neighborhood was black. Now yeah. in Houston, Texas, it's Hispanic. And so you see these transitional things happening. Is that good or bad for black, for the black community? You know, gentrification has been a real issue, uh, particularly in the DMV. So that would include Washington, D.C. in particular. Uh, and so I guess it really kind of depends on your lens from which you look at it. You know, the 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 scope for us at the Greater Washington League is right. can communities coexist? And that's the conversation I often lead with. Can we coexist as a community? And that's, you know, part of the work, the strength that we really kind of work from. There are some who relocate to this area, come to this city, and come with a spirit of wanting to coexist, wanting to support the communities that they're coming into and wanting to see, you know, certainly how they can bring uh, strengths and assets and uh, and be a part of the community. But there's all those perhaps that, you know, as I'm sure you well know, that come with a different mindset. So, again, it underscores, can we coexist? Well, you know, really is is a... You know, there was there was a proud moment in the African American community. You know, when President Obama, which I know in my lifetime I never thought I would see an African American to be uh, recognized as the president of this United States. We had back to back terms. Um, even when he was president, there was a lot of volatility uh, when it became to. Uh, we don't know if we really made any strides in the black community in the workforce in social justice under his leadership. And I'm not pointing a finger at President Obama, but when he left office, there seemed to be a very negative tide for the worse. Can you expound on that? So, first of all, let me uh, talk a little bit about the tenure President uh, Obama. Um, became our president, I think it was in, beginning in 2008 or so. And what I've always said is while we were excited about getting an African-American president, but I would submit that the country perhaps was not ready for an African-American president. All that throughout his tenure, and certainly what you've already alluded to as well, we clearly saw it after he left the White House. It was almost like a a turning around and undoing so many of the uh, changes, progress, legislation that he put in place. So that was very clear to all of us as well. I think the other thing is to keep in mind we should never forget this. While he did become president, so to some extent, while we as African-Americans were very proud and while we were there, so to speak, but we were never really there. Right. Yeah. In, in other words, we still have a long way to go before we really get there. So we should never lose sight of that for sure. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, like, you know, when the um, when we was emancipated and freed and, um, during the Civil War, um, we were offered 40 acres in the mural. That was when President Lincoln was still president. And then when he was assassinated, that was taken away. A lot of people don't realize that. The 40 acres in the mural was like a very short window. Some African-Americans or some blacks or some Negroes at the time, or colored people they call us at that time, did receive it. And and then, but as soon as he was assassinated, it was it was a, everything went back. It was like a correction, a racial correction, I guess I can call it. And so it felt like it was the same way that happened to us when President Obama left the office. There seemed to be a need to create a racial correction. You know, strange you should mention that because it gives me an opportunity to just to do a, a brief bit of a segue. This. Uh, 
Uh, last week, the National Urban League released the State of Black America. You know, it's a right. document you're very familiar with, in which really kind of, you know, talked a lot about our democracy and pearls, our democracy under attack. In other words, we are losing so many of those hard-won gains that we've fought for mm-hmm. over the years. And that is very true. I mean, there's been an onslaught in terms of really trying to silence our voice with regard to the voting, uh, silence our voice in so many areas as well, our history, really trying to erase our history to some extent. And so uh, we are still very much, you know, fighting many of the, the vestiges of the old, fighting many of those issues. We have to keep pushing. That is the work of the Urban League. I mean, that's the boots on the ground in as much as we're very much at the tip of the spear and in, in the fight of the, the civil rights side of it. We also, you know, really work hard every day to provide services to folks who we work on behalf of as well. Well, here's, here's something interesting, George. I'm speaking to George Lambert, the president and CEO, uh, involved in politically um, trying to charge our community, economically and politically, to right a lot of wrongs. I don't think you can ever right a lot of wrongs, but at least you can move forward and try to make some corrections. And the Absolutely. Thing, and things when I when I look at uh, a person like you, how did you get involved actively? You know, because you seem corporately structured, a, a corporate mindset. How did you get into the nonprofit civil rights uh, approaches, trying to make a difference in this world? You know, I'm someone who've always had a passion for serving uh, our people, our folks, so to speak. When I onboard uh, new folks who come to work for the Greater Washington League, I tell them all, uh, so, you know, before I can get to your skill set, your talents, all those great things you want to tell me about who you are, what you've done and all that, I first of all need to understand your calling. And so your calling is that you were called to come to do this work. Both my parents were for Baptist ministers. And so I grew up in a house where you used to wake up one morning on a whim and you're going to go outside to preach the gospel. You are called. And I believe that folks who come to work for the Greater Washington Urban League need to be no less than called to do this work because the people that we serve need people of that calling as well. So it has always been my passion uh, to do this work and I want to surround myself with others who come to work for us as well to, to do this work. I did take a bit of a hiatus many years ago. I left the uh, nonprofit arena went to the for-profit arena. My wife would probably be the first one to tell you <laughs> I was I was never happy because it was more than about the money. Right, right. I did work my way back to, to the Urban League and to the nonprofit arena, and I've enjoyed it. And as I said, I'm still still having fun. Well, now before I get into what exactly a president and CEO does at the Greater Washington uh, uh, Urban, uh, Urban League, I want to ask you this. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. And I've been in the media. I managed Steve Harvey. So a number of years, the Steve Harvey Morning Show, I co-created that with him. And so I'm very familiar with uh, black advertisement and the black opportunity, the black dollars that were set aside for, for, and they were specifically said black. Is it black marketing dollars? And then they transitioned to the word multicultural. And then they started sliding the black dollars over to the Latino community because they said that was the fastest growing community. So they wanted to focus. I'm talking about when I say they, I'm talking about advertisers. Now, as an entrepreneur, you have all these RFPs and they they they, they say they use code words now. And I'm a, and the code words that frustrate me. They say uh, minority and minority is now. If you don't know this, listen to my show or watching my show. Is white women. White women is minority. That's what they're talking about. They're not talking about people of color. They're not talking about black people. They've shifted that word and, and made sure that they say minority now because they're really not talking about 
trying to give the slice of the pie that they say they are to the actual people of color. Am I correct when I say that? Because that's what I'm seeing in the streets. I, I think there's clearly merit in terms of what you're saying. I mean, I will tell you that we are very intentional at the Greater Washington be about trying to make a difference and grab those resources for the folks that you're talking about, folks of color. Yes. Look like you and me who are black folks. We have a entrepreneurship program we've been doing for a number of years now while we do support those who are starting businesses. And the sweet spot for us is those who are in business, been around for a while. You know, they may have capped up. Now they're looking to double down and to scale in terms of a business. And so we really kind of help them to do that. Here is one thing I will mention to you that I think was a, a bit of a tragedy. When we went into COVID and the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, right. mm-hmm. we, there was a very critical lesson learned out of that, I think, for all of us. Uh, because what we saw was that, you know, many businesses, uh, larger businesses got those loans. Many of our African-American small businesses did not. And so when we began to reach out, circle back, talk with many of them, what many of them said to us is, well, we had a relationship with, with our bank. They did not have a relationship with their bank. They had a transaction that occurred every month. Right. That's a banking relationship. So in as much as we've helped many of them to pivot, but we've also now very intentional about helping them to, many of them, to develop a bona fide relationship with their bank, not just a transaction that happens every month when you go into deposit or cash checks. That is the intentionality of what we do. That's what we have to be in terms of, as you said, you know, really breaking down those barriers and getting those doors, getting businesses getting business for folks who look like us. We know that really, you know, this is when I get fired up, George. I'm just, when I start talking about, you I'm know, because, you. You, you know, George, I'm, I'm there. I see it. And it makes me mad. I, I, I go to these RFP meetings and, and it's supposed to be, and I walk in a room and I'm just going to tell everybody it's predominantly white women just sitting in there. And then they offer opportunities. And so, and then they offer the opportunity really in the construction area, in the uh, area of um, products. And so where where blacks are making inroads is in the media, in the marketing, in the graphic design. We're completely shut out. We're completely shut out because those deals are going to the big marketing firms. And the way they keep it in the big marketing firms, they'll tell you, what are you doing differently that we can't do? And so when they make that statement to you, you really sitting at the back of the line. And so for the last few years, my goal has been able to create my own database. And that's been a lot of hard work, George, but that's what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even though, you know, the Urban League, I mean, we're we're a small business, but we are a business as well. Mm-hmm. I'm probably we are a business. But we also are very intentional about who we use to support us in our marketing. We make sure that, uh, you know, our resources go to folks who look like us, who can help to tell our stories, who can help to really kind of push our brand out there and get the kind of results that we want. So again, I think it's all about... AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, 
Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Intentionality, and then of course about breaking down barriers where we see barriers and going at that very strong, and we do that work as well. Well, here's the thing: we move and slide. I I, I basically been lining my questions to the black and white summit that you have coming up here. Um, yeah. Tell us about that and the importance of it. And you can take our time because I really want to get a clear understanding of it. It was brought to my attention and they started saying, you got to talk to George, got to talk to George. He's the man. So I got the man on my show. So if the man don't talk too fast, maybe we all can learn something and also be participants in a summit that can also change our life. Well, I, I will leave by saying that the man is talking to the man as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, but let me just give you a little bit of background and say this. Um, when we went into the beginning of COVID, so many companies reached out to me, corporate, you know, uh, major corporations reached out and said, you know, uh, George and Mr. President, you know, what is it we can do? We want to help. This was at the, uh, around the murder, I was not saying killing, but really the murder of George Floyd. What can we do? What can we, how can we help? And I said to all of them then, and I still lead my conversation now by saying the same thing. If you are interested in going beyond the metaphor, I'm happy to have a conversation. Okay? Right. And it's still there. And so that really kind of led to our first equity summit, which we did uh, two years ago. The one coming up on Friday, April 28th. So that, was right after, that was right after the uh, COVID? That- right, after killing, right after the killing, the murder of George Floyd, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right after the We were moving into COVID, but right after the killing of George Floyd, murder of George Floyd. And so really, again, uh, if you're interested in going beyond the metaphor, happy to have the conversation. So many of them did engage. And what we decided to do, because there's a major issue in so many companies about equity, uh, particularly when you kind of look at uh, many companies recognize that they are under, um, you know, they're under indexed, I will say, in terms of uh, having folks of color and where their equity lens is inside the company. Right, And we wanted to begin to have some conversations around that. We initially curated the Equity Summit as a safe space for uh, top of house in terms of corporate CEOs to come uh, do some sharing of best practices, what other companies are doing, what their colleagues are doing, particularly in areas, for example, how you move the needle in their talent acquisition strategy. So uh, many times, you know, folks look like you and I, we can get into companies and we can come in at perhaps a senior level, but we don't get the coaching. And we don't get the mentoring right. so that we can move forward in terms of at some point that there's a pathway for us to become president and CEO of that company as well. And if that's not there, that's a problem. 
Okay, and that's a blind spot. And so this, you know, this uh, this event that we do is a continuation of the work that we started two years ago. So this will be the the third uh, third year we're doing. This year we're really kind of underscoring trust in equity. And let me tell you what I'm talking about in terms of trust and equity, because many companies do get it. First of all, clearly recognize that uh, there's a business imperative for so many companies here. I tend to talk now more, more about the emerging majority. The emerging majority are really folks who look like you and I. That's what a lot of the, the, the political battles about in this country, because our numbers are certainly spiking and increasing. And so when we kind of take a look at that, uh, we have to be very clear that uh, companies now have an imperative as they're you know, bringing various things to market, that they need to be certainly um, um, positioning to folks who look like us, you know, getting their brands in front of us, uh, making sure that it's something we have an interest in it. So there's a whole batch of research and surveys and studies out there now that suggest that you may love a particular brand, but in as much as you love that particular brand, if you don't trust that brand, you will stop buying it, all right? Companies get it, they understand that, and so really kind of changing in terms of how they're reaching out and marketing to folks who look like us. So that's about the trust in companies. Folks will make decisions now about not going to work for a particular company because they don't trust them. Absolutely. They're going to do the right thing. And that's the conversation that we're having to, you know, really unpack it, to really kind of understand it so that um, folks who look like us, we understand it, but how do we help companies to understand it and how do we help take down barriers in terms of many of the the systematic racism barriers that are in, you know, some companies to some extent. And then those who get it, but they're really trying to move the needle forward in terms of how they do better as well, and how do we support them? Absolutely. I'm speaking to George Lambert. He is the president and CEO of the Greater Washington Urban League. They're on a mission, everybody, to strengthen the economic and political power of Black population in their region. Uh, it's two things I'm going to ask you. First, I'm going to ask you, how does one find out about it? Give us some contact information so we can see how we can get people involved. And the question I'm going to ask you about after that is diversity, equity, inclusion. First, let's just, uh, give us that contact information. Uh, so the easiest way is there's just a Greater Washington Urban League, so GWL. Uh, if you just Google that, go to our website, you'll see a link that will give you the information about the upcoming summit on Friday. And it is open, you know, as I mentioned, it's a it's a uh, hybrid event. So while we are delighted to have folks to join us on site at the event, you can also join online as well. So again, GWL or Greater Washington Urban League, just Google it. You'll get us immediately mm-hmm. and you'll see a link that will take you straight to the information about the event. Okay, cool. When George Floyd, unfortunately, was murdered in Minnesota, it, it a groundswell of civil injustice, social change swept this country. You know, you had a massive amount of donations to HBCUs. Uh, jobs were saying, We've done wrong. We have to do better. We've done wrong. We have to do better. The DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, that phrase was thrown out there more times. If I had a dollar for every time, I wouldn't be here interviewing you, sir, because I would be rich. (laughs) I hear you. As I turn into 2022, as we stand in 2023, I feel that that energy and the desire to do right has changed. I feel there's no need. Why is that happening? So here's what I would say to you. Uh, I am of the strong belief, and I think there there are companies out there that certainly get it as well, 
that the George Floyd moment, so to speak, was not just a moment, in all honesty. In other words, um, sometimes we subscribe to form and then sometimes we subscribe to substance. And here's what I mean by that. When we subscribe to form, uh, what we're saying is that, you know, we certainly will continue to stay the course, so to speak, with the status quo. But when we subscribe to substance, we are very intentional about aligning strategies that will succeed and that will certainly make a difference in terms of taking down barriers and all those things that I talked about earlier in terms of how we address uh, systemic racism, uh, how we address uh, that there is clearly equity across the board in companies. That's the difference between form and substance. And so we are very clear, really want to work with companies who are about the substance of making change, not so much just about the form. In other words, it's going beyond, as I mentioned earlier, um, going beyond the um, beyond the, the uh, status quo. But really, how do you bring that uh, that that uh, that red everything line with mm-hmm. your actions as well? That's the key thing. Well, you know that, and, I, and because I'm frustrated again, you know, that's two frustrations you got out of me, George. You know, the minority really being the white woman, and now diversity, equity, and inclusion is being the it's taking on a lukewarm temperature in 2023. So when you go to this Black White Summer, what are you trying to galvanize? How are you going to get Rashawn McDonald energized? Get me fired up again, because right now I'm kind of lukewarm, sir. I'm I'm sinking in my seat. I'm sinking in my seat. Well, well so a couple of things. So first of all, uh, it is about sharing best practices. And so, you know, iron sharpens iron, so to speak. And so having companies in the room where they can hear best practices what others are doing. We also bring in subject matter experts who are in this space who are really doing a lot of this work. For example, uh, we have a, a great lineup, but one of the ones I will mention is uh, is Donna uh, Gambrell, used to be at the Treasury Department, but is doing a lot of work in this space, particularly the work in terms of, you know, uh, financial and um, financial inclusion and also uh, economic empowerment as well. Uh, and so we're really kind of talking about things that we can all do, how we can really change the lens with regard to where we are now. But again, two things. One, subject matter experts in the room. Two, best practices by iron, sharpening iron in terms of listening to what others are doing as well. Right. You know, as we as we go through this whole process, and I'm th- first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to get on this call just to hear my side of the story. Because my side of the story is heard by a lot of people because I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I, I feel I employ people, but I'm also frustrated by the process when people say they got an opportunity over here. And this is where the, these RFPs or these um, summits can lead to frustration from a person like me, especially when I because I'm a member of the National Minority Society Development Council, as well as the Georgia Minority Development Council as well down here in Atlanta, Georgia. And you make these phone calls, they set up these one-on-ones, and then at the end of the one-on-one, you're excited, and then they tell you that magic word that you know is going to go nowhere. We're going to pass your information to another department. And it almost seems like they're just checking off a box, say they've done this, and there's going to be no results. I know as a as a person who's frustrated, and I'm not pointing any fingers, but how can I push? It's just... Just don't give up. Just keep trying, George. Is that the mantra I should have in, a, in my pocket? Is that the mantra I should be telling all my fellow entrepreneurs? That's part of the system. Don't let one-off stop you. There may be many, many-offs, and those many-offs will eventually lead to success. 
Well, so a couple of things I'll say to you. First of all, that was a lesson we learned from the ancestors, mm-hmm. okay? Perseverance, we learned that lesson from the ancestors. The second thing I would say to you is that in the District of Columbia, I know the mayor uh, did approve a disparity study uh, for folks who are in business, you know, who have businesses or whatever, to just kind of see with the District of Columbia, their spin in terms of, uh, you know, how many of the uh, folks like yourself and others who are in business who can provide services or whatever, how much business is th- that the city is really doing with them. And so as you, as your listeners are listening, then I would encourage other communities and other uh, of local governments to take a look at that as well, because it is a tremendous spin. And you and I both know that we have more than the capability of delivering on a lot of those services and delivering on a lot of those needs right. in terms of, you know, what the, uh, what the demands are. So again, uh, we have to be, you know, just like what the ancestors did, continue to just stay in the space, to persevere, um, but also work with organizations like ours. We're very much about the business of taking down barriers, and we will help you in that fight to take down those barriers as well. Well, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Again, I'm speaking to George Lambert, the CEO and president of the Greater Washington Urban League. And the event that we were discussing that's happening this Friday is the Black and White Summit. Close us out by giving us a little bit more detail and how we can get in touch, the information we can use to get in touch with you or your organization so we can participate. Well, first of all, just Google us, go to our website, this uh, Greater Washington Urban League or GWUL, and uh, you will find us uh, when you find us at GWL365. What you will also see is a link there that you can just uh, go directly to. We'll give you information about the summit. It is a hybrid event. If you have an opportunity, we'd love for you to join us in the uh, in the studio for the event. But if not, you can certainly stream it and join us online as well. Uh, I encourage you to come and thank you so much. Uh, this is the uh, the master talking to the master. You heard. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, Joy. I'm gonna say humble. I'm gonna say I'm, 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 I'm the Pied Piper. I'm just trying to get people to follow me and I'm, come I'm, to your event. You know what I'm saying? To you. But uh, again, I, I really appreciate you. And again, this is Money Making Conversation Masterclass. The show is put here in place so individuals like you and people around the country can expose themselves to information. So it's about upward mobility. And the only way you can have upward mobility is through information. And the information I try to give away on this show is absolutely free. And if you participate, I assure you, it'll make your life and your family's life and your friend's life and the region a lot stronger in the black community. Thank you for coming on my show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.